The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this, another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. My name is Josh Norris, and joined, as always, on this midweek edition, it is Roto Pat, it is Denny Carter. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? Double-digit weeks. I've said that in every single show this week, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to remind ourselves how far we have come. It's true. It's unbelievable. Yeah. We talk about it, you know, always like, us. Oh, I like the fans are probably not excited but the people in the industry are like, yeah, it's week 10, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Many celebrations. Yeah. It's like once we get to Thanksgiving, it's like we're in, we're in the final two holes of the golf course and we can kind of just like sail it in and, you know, finish that extra half case of beer that we have left in our golf cart and just have fun the rest of the way. All right, let's get on with the show today. But before we do, Denny, yes. we got to get Denny's thoughts. I'm ready. Um, I'm ready for Denny, me. what do you think about ghosts? <laughs> no, no, Pat, you're very close to actually what I was going to ask today. Oh. Because, Denny, what are your thoughts on the concept of aliens? Oh, Ooh. man. I knew it. When, when you said it's close, I thought, well, the only thing close to ghosts is aliens. Yeah, aliens 100% exist and yeah. are probably here on, on this planet and have been for a long time. And there is just gobs and gobs of proof and information out there. Uh, you have everything from you know, fighter pilots in the UK coming together and signing a, a letter swearing or like swearing on their lives that they've seen these unidentified objects in the air doing weird stuff. Okay, you have US fighter fighter pilots reporting this. There is no denying that. Also, you know, just not to get too far in the weeds here, but no, please do. Please do. Please do. I, I have to say the size of the known universe, just the known universe. It, it, it sounds um, pretty presumptuous to say we are the only uh, in, intelligent life uh, in, in, that, in that space. So that, that I, I think it's actually ridiculous to say there's not, there, there are not aliens. You are, first of all, are we intelligent life? Um, I mean, clearly there are other aliens out there. I don't know if, I still can't decide if they've been here or not. But, you know, when the United States military uh, was you know openly admitting to the New York Times that they had videos and they're like we don't know what these are. That's when I was kind of like, all right, uh, this is getting a bit. They could have just easily done the old you know secret technology or weather balloons, and they were just like, yep, no, they're UFOs. Uh, we don't know what they are. That's right. Uh, and I I thought you know personally, I thought Trump would be the one. I thought he, he would be the one when they told him to be like, wow, really? 
I got a tweet about this. I got a post. There's <laughs> still there's still time, Denny. I I mean, I think if you could give odds on an ex-elected official as the one to reveal to the world how prevalent aliens are out there, it will be from Donald Trump's Twitter account, I would say within the next 18 months because he's just needing attention that he has not received. I mean, maybe they didn't tell him. You know, that was one my one thought no, was that was that someone was like, We we cannot we can't do this because it's gonna be on Twitter in the next fifteen minutes. Well, there's you been know, a few I, times where he got like shouted a question at him. He's like, you know, like leaving like a rally or something. Like, what about the aliens, Don? And he would say something like he, he would like say something coy. And I'd be like, oh. <laughs> and yeah, and then he did just create a space force out of nowhere. Well, well the worst the worst thing to come out of Space Force was the TV show so far yes that, that's uh that, that was that was unfortunate but yes on, on the alien question yes i i 100 believe they they are they're out there do you think you've met one do i think i've met one um have i ever been accused of being one uh <laughs> online maybe once or twice uh no no i, I don't i don't think so but you know the the whole the whole idea of of, of, I, of aliens like like climbing up the the ladder of power like mm-hmm. to the to the top of of, of civilizations, uh, that's intriguing to me. I'm not going to say I'm I'm fully bought in, but you know <laughs> I I'm I dabble I dabble in it. You think so, kind of lizard people type things is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think what we all can take from this, our conclusion, is that in the future war between human life and alien life, Denny will be one of the first to jump over to alien life. I'm a front runner. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember the old Simpsons clip where Clint Kent Brockman believes aliens have arrived and he pledges his undying allegiance to them. And it turns out that it wasn't aliens. That's Denny. That's oh yeah. No, hundred percent me. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, you heard it here first on the Roto-World Football Podcast. All right, football time, gentlemen. Right. Look, we are always trying to be a, a forward-thinking show. There's no reason to live on our mistakes here on this midweek episode. So with that in mind, let's look towards, since it is week 10, the final seven weeks of the season and plus and beyond that if we want to go, and highlight one storyline that has that will or has already 
piqued our interest. So Pat, we did not plan this, but would you like to go first? I will go first. And it's a based on, it's a recency bias storyline, but um, does Tom Brady have enough left in the tank for the Buccaneers to win the NFC South? And how is this Bucks receiver core going to shake out? Because we've had a lot of annoying fantasy situations this year. Another one on the Bucks, how will the Bucks backfield shake out? But I feel like the Bucks receiver core issue has kind of become like the defining fantasy question of the year. Like, how is Mike Evans only on pace for 60 receptions? Like, that is not acceptable. Uh, Chris Godwin has only cleared six receptions uh, once all year. That is something he did seven times last year. You know, one of the ultimate fantasy compilers a season ago. Part of that is because of injury, which is why we don't have the full story in the Bucks receiver core. Like, how are these targets truly going to be dis- distributed by Tom Brady? And so I was already frustrated. And then they go and add Antonio Brown, uh, one of the greatest players in league history. Uh, he has barely played in two years. But like, talk about something making – the receiver core, like more difficult to prognosticate going forward. And so yeah, Tom Brady, he's already has as many interceptions as he did last year. I mean, that could be a fluke. Seven interceptions in nine games isn't terrible, but I mean, why, why have the Bucks, you know, just gotten killed by their main division rival? Why did they almost lose to the Giants? Why did they lose to the Bears? And so yeah, the Bucks to me are like the team of the second half. Do the Bucks as a whole have it? And for fantasy, how in the world are we ever going to be able to properly rank these Bucks receivers? I actually, I hate, I hate everything about the Bucks right now. Uh, I, I, you know, thanks. I hate it overall because you, because the, the, the receiving group is impossible to project or close to it. And then you have the backfield. What do you do with the backfield? It, it's like, you know, if they're going to see positive game script, I think, I guess Ronald Jones might be the play, but then Leonard Fournette is the main pass catching guy. But even last week, in three quarters of negative game script, Fournette didn't do much. So what, what do you what do you say about that? But anyway, getting back to the receivers, I I, I think the addition of Antonio Brown uh, just caps the the ceilings big time for both uh, Evans uh, and and Godwin. And and honestly, I'm surprised about about you know grouping Godwin in there. You know, I think it was evident that Evans throughout the season has been a very touchdown dependent fantasy option. You know, if he doesn't score one or two. Uh, you know, you're kind of toast. I mean, you're going, you're looking at a, a, a three or four point outing in your fantasy lineup. Um, but Brown's addition is is a nightmare. If they if they can't if Evans can't thrive in the kind of game script you saw last week, um, I, I I I worry about what happens when they when they get a lead and they can kind of take the air out of the ball. What if the Saints just have the Bucks number and they've yeah. already played them twice in the first nine weeks of the season? The worst two games of the Bucks this season, week one, a loss to the Saints, 23 to 34. Then, as we just saw in week nine, a loss three to 38. Um, other than that, I mean, Pat, you mentioned that Tom Brady's thrown more interceptions this year than he did last year. Well, that's five combined interceptions in, in just those two games. And I think in between those two windows, um, you've had one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. I mean, the roster at all the points and pillar pieces, we've talked about this on the show to me, it's loaded. I mean, the offensive line, cornerbacks, you can manufacture a pass rush. You have wide receivers. Like, they don't have a start running back. That's okay. But they have a fast defense as well. Maybe I'm going to be wrong in this case. And maybe it is wrong to, you know, put so much on a quarterback that is 40-plus years old. 
but I still really believe in this team in the NFC among NFC teams that I don't think there are many to believe in, if that makes sense. You just hit the nail on the head, though, like why it comes down to Tom Brady. And you know, we overstate the importance of quarterbacks sometimes, but you just laid out this is an amazing roster. And it is really is, is Tom Brady good? Because all the reasons you just laid out, how did that roster almost just lose to the Giants? So you know, yeah. it wasn't just the Saints, you know, in the past week. It was, they almost lost to the Giants. And, and lost to the Bears. Yeah, exactly. So it, it really comes down to Tom Brady for me. Like, does he still have enough to pull this off? Because, yeah, this is an elite roster on both sides. of the Almost they almost don't have a weak skill group anyway. Like, every group right. is good. Um, so it really boils down to Tom Brady. Hmm. All right, Denny. Yes. Which storyline for the next seven-plus weeks of the season has and will pique your interest? Yeah, so this is uh, definitely uh, deeply fantasy-related, which is the only way I can think. But will, will the 49ers <laughs> mail in uh, mail it in for the rest of the season, kind oh, of yeah. being careful with George Kittle, being careful with Debo Samuel, maybe even with Raheem Mostert, although that might seem a, a, a little bit uh, less likely than than the first two. You know, that would open up, obviously, major opportunities for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, for Jordan Reed, for Ross Dwelly, depending on on Reed's uh, health, and then of course for for Hasty and McKinnon in, in the backfield, if you can ever figure that backfield out. So, uh, I think you know what the Niners do from here on out, and I think it, it it could become evident pretty quickly here, depending on how their next game or two goes. Um, you know, if they're out of it, and and there's no and there's no reason to bring back their superstars. Uh, you know that you know that they, they don't want to suffer long-term injuries. Maybe an injury that would take um, into next season to 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 recover from. Uh, then we're going to see a lot of opportunity open up. I'm particularly excited, you know, about about Ayuk. Um, we saw two weeks ago. Uh, so this is not the the Packers game where Ayuk and everybody else was out. The Richie James season game, um, but uh, this was against Seattle two weeks ago. So Ayuk in that game played 90% of the team snaps. Uh, he saw a team leading 11 targets. And then you had Kendrick Bourne in that game seeing 10 targets. Um, and, and you know, if the Niners are down Kittle and everybody else, uh, then they're probably going to see a lot of negative game script, which you know generates a lot of targets for a guy like Ayuk and possibly Bourne. You know, the 49ers have not been good. And I would say they weren't good to start the year. And I think so much of that is because of the injuries that they face heading into the season. But, Denny, they're kind of in like win-loss purgatory already at four and five. And I don't know, even with Nick Mullins, because Kyle Shanahan is just so good at his job. If you can finish, I don't know, worse than six and 10 the rest of the way. Um, But my brain immediately, once you sent us this question and this comment is okay. If they punt the rest of the season, you mentioned a bunch of those names, but my brain went to the future of Jimmy Garoppolo because so much of, a team's success is is built on the quarterback being able to lift everyone else around him. And while this team was just in the Super Bowl last season, we saw in you know the final 15 minutes of that game just the difference in what a quarterback means to a team. And I think we can all say that the 2019 San Francisco 49ers was the perfect environment for every single player to succeed in. And now they have faced adversity and much more adversity from an injury perspective than other teams around the league, but they've crumbled because of it. And sure, Jimmy was dealing with an injury, but I think anyone that 
does not have red and gold glasses on will look at him and say that that in order to match the success and the skill that your head coach slash play caller brings to the table, your tight end brings to the table as probably one of the best tight ends of all time when he goes down in it, then you're going to have to improve on that position. And they can do it after this year. That's a major step. And they're probably not in it from a draft pick perspective. But we've seen you know someone like Joe Brady turn Teddy Bridgewater into top five quarterback from a accounting stats perspective this season. He, we've seen like the limits of when your approach is scheme over skill on offense and not, they have a lot of skill, but I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan has already seen like what he can accomplish with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is you can get to a Super Bowl, But like you said, and this, when the game, when they needed a play, when they needed instant offense, he wasn't that guy. He's been bad this year. I mean, he's been, he's had injury problems too now for several years. So that could actually maybe play into it. Jimmy Garoppolo can be cut next offseason, clear 24 million in salary cap space, leave behind very little dead money. And I think they will mail it in because the season is pre- is functionally over. I mean, they're four and five, which is you're within striking distance, but they're in the toughest division in football. You know, they can't outscore the Seahawks at this point with their defense. They can't stop the Seahawks. I don't think they can outscore uh, the Cardinals. And at this point, they beat the Rams. But at this point, the Rams, to me, just look like the better version of the 49ers right now. Mm-hmm. The Rams are more successfully managing and manipulating their quarterback. And a lot of that is because the Rams have just had fewer injury issues. I mean, the 49ers are just a truly insane injury. I mean, this is just beyond with injuries. Yeah, like right. one of the most ridiculous injury seasons we've ever seen, but this does have the feel of a season circling the drain. And you know, Brandon, I, you, that's all, that's all we want. That's all Denny and I want. We want Ayuk yes. season uh, past two games, 91 yards, 115 yards. We need uh, 10 to 12 weekly Brandon Ayuk targets down the stretch. Yes. And, and more of those, those little toss sweeps, whatever those yeah. things are. I mean, across the formation at the front of the formation. I mean, that, that he's unstoppable uh, on that, on that play. I, I love it. But, you know, it, just getting back to Kittle for a second, you know, Kittle had a, what an eight week window for, for the injury. I know he's a, he's a tough guy. He's out of his mind. He wants to play every week, no matter what I get that. But, you you have to think that unless they go on some sort of miracle run here and string together a bunch of wins that we're not going to see him again right. um, this season, which, you know, for fantasy purposes, I would think would open up a, a really good window for Jordan Reed if he's healthy. And, and last week, you know, he was being eased in. I think he played nine or 10 snaps, which was way, way fewer than um, Ross Dwelly. Uh, but, but I think it's clear just reading beat reporters um, from, from San Francisco that, if Reed is healthy, he is the guy who's going to take over that primary pass catching role at tight end with Kittle out. One final thought on George Kittle, him being out the next eight weeks means that Mike Clay, ESPN's Mike Clay is going to beat me in the Roto World Dynasty League. Cause oh, no. this was shaping up to be my year, but I, I lost mm-hmm. my best player. And Sorry, Mike, uh, I'm pre-excusing you winning the league. No one. And I mean this in a good positive way. No one takes that league more seriously than Mike Clay. And it's just insane to me to to consider that I'm sure Mike Clay has about 15 dynasty leagues that he's in, and he takes every one just as seriously as that one. You are a tremendous fantasy athlete. Mike Clay is a winner, basically, is what he is. He is a winner. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. My turn, and we'll close it out with this one. Um, looking way into the future, the NFL expanded playoffs is, I think, an underappreciated and under-discussed storyline so far. I mean, we are jumping to seven teams that are about to be involved in the playoffs rather than the six that have been going on for the last 30 years in the NFL. It's important because the bye weeks have been such an advantage for teams in recent years. Since 1990, again, when the previous 12-team playoffs began and was introduced – only 12 times, excuse me, has a team that played in the first round of the playoffs made it to the Super Bowl, and none since the 2012 Ravens. So teams with the first round bye have reached the Super Bowl 48 times in that span in comparison. So you are slashing the amount of teams, if we go by that, with a chance or with that extra week of rest in half this season. Um, a one seed for a Super Bowl participant since that time, 52% of the time, two seed, 28% of the time. Then you drop to the three seed, which might be the two seed now, basically, right? 3%, 4 12%. I mean, keep going on and on and on. Well, one, I mean, there's two sides of this, right? It's the side that, sure, the four teams that have a bye are theoretically probably on paper, the four teams that have the best record, and that means they're the best teams in the NFL. So that's part of it. But Denny and Pat, it's also the, it's also the idea that you get an extra week of rest, you get to heal while these other teams beat each other up against the best of the best, and then you get them after an extra week to prepare on top of it. So now only having two teams with that ability, with being wealthy in that regard, it's going to, I think, drastically change how we perceive that first wildcard weekend and the rest of the playoffs moving forward beyond that as well. And I think it's so valuable, especially in a season where we've seen unbelievable amounts of injuries, you know, uh, related to the lack of a, a, a an off season because of COVID, a real off season that is. That bye week is so valuable. I think that we will see uh, a difference in how you know top teams operate in the final couple weeks of the season. You know, I think in previous seasons you you may have seen a team locked into the number two seed and not play their guys in in week seventeen. Or maybe play them for a quarter or some, some you know, something like that. And that's not going to happen this year. You're going to have teams going all out. So, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I, I think that it, that this format, this change in format, could actually make Week 17 fantasy much, but more like every other week. Yeah, Denny, you you hit the nail on the head. Where it's not just like the bye week that you get in the playoffs. It, quite frequently we will know both teams that had a buy heading into week 17. So yeah. it's not just the buy as you, you get like the pseudo buy then in week 17 and 
I mean, now even the team like in position from the number one seed will have to probably go out more often in week 17 to real because like in the past, you know, you're either locked in like the one or the two seed, you know, so you still try in week 17, but you know, you're going to have a buy where now we have a situation where you might not even know you have a buy where in other years you would have known mm-hmm. you're going to have a buy. So it completely changes the dynamic. And my, my only thought to, I'm just interested to see how the three and five Patriots get the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, is my <laughs> main question with regards yeah. to this. We've seen each week, especially in most recent ones, how much of an impact the coronavirus has on active players and on players who, who take the field. So what if, I mean, that's just such an advantage for teams that have that buy during that week too, because you could be missing your entire offensive line, send them home for that week that you have off and then boom, poof, it's gone. Meanwhile, every other, you know, the other 12 teams that are involved, they, they, they have to put out on the field what they have available, you know? And, and, so to me, that's something that when we're entering this dark winter, Pat, that, you know, we keep hearing that this is, again, just an added layer onto it that hopefully we don't have to deal with once the 2021 season and 22 season, so on and so forth, roll around. But it becomes more and more. and I were talking about this before we got started, talking about players on a Wednesday before Sunday without injury reports and COVID reports coming out right now is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and think about when that happens when the playoffs roll around and 12 of the 14 teams playing in that have to play in that first week of the season. I just had a galaxy brain take, actually. Do it. Maybe more right. of a Denny take. Where, let's, let's what if it. this year getting the bye is going to be a disadvantage? Because during your bye week, Lord oh, only knows what your players are going to do. They're going to go out and get the coronavirus you know, while they're on a bye. They're not going to be at home bubbled playing PS5. They're going out, they're relaxed, and they accidentally get coronavirus. And then having the bye turns out was actually a humongous disadvantage. Nah, I, I think I think Pete Carroll and, and Russell Wilson will just like pitch tents all around the complex and just force everyone to live in the building for those two weeks. I, I love that take. I love it. I mean, I I, I'm, I I'm obsessed, obsessed with that take. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if you're in that position, though, you have to lock down your players. I you mean, do. you have you can give them no choice. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to a restaurant. You're not going here. You're not going anywhere. I, I heard uh, somebody from from the Steelers the other day say, you, you, you never know where you get it. You go into a crowded restaurant. You could get it there. Yeah. Yeah, you could get it there. That's right. <laughs> that, that, that's how it works. That's Very how good. it spreads. You're indoors with a bunch of people who might have it. That's how you get it. So, yeah, that, and, and that kind of mindset for, for players on a bye week, I think, could be a nightmare. This is how the uh, playoff pictures shape up right now for the AFC. The one seed is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, again, considering where we are with the season, the playoffs, that would be the only team having a bye. Then after that, the Chiefs, the Bills at the three seed, the Titans four, Ravens five, Colts six, Dolphins seven. To me, all seven of those teams are somewhat deserving, mostly deserving of a playoff spot. I mean, the Colts offense right now is just <sighs> – I don't know, man. It's like Pinewood Derby against NASCARs. You know, it's <laughs> they're just like not moving. Um, and the Raiders or Browns are, are still in contention for the AFC. And then the NFC, it, it's a name. It's a team we didn't even talk about for our, our top six teams to win the Super Bowl. The Saints are the number one seed wow. at the moment. And then two seed Seahawks, three seed Packers, four Eagles, five Bucks, six Rams, and seven Cardinals. And then the only other team that's involved in the playoff race in the NFC is the Chicago Bears. So back yeah. to your point, Denny, like while it might make week 16, week 17 more competitive, here we are just over halfway through the season and basically half the teams in the NFL already eliminated from playoff contention. 
So I don't know how competitive it can, it might be and things can change. Right. But, and it always does each year, Pat, we've been around this long enough, but as it stands right now, there truly are only about 20 teams that are involved in this playoff race. It is weird. Sometimes expanded playoffs too do have the function of like decreasing drama because like all like the truly good teams, you no longer have to sweat getting in as like the sixth seed. And so like a lot of times, like the really good teams are already locked in like a week or two before. So hopefully that does not happen. And and the NFC, I was just going to highlight the Minnesota Vikings at three and five have a really easy schedule to get to six and five and they can maybe be a team that kind of inserts themselves at the bottom of the NFC playoff race. I mean, the bears, the bears could like get into the playoffs losing five of their last six games, like (laughs) something, something like that, you know, depending on how the Vikings do, it's just horrible. By the way, earlier this week, NFL got together, NFL owners, I believed, and passed an, a ruling that said if, you know, week 16 and 17 were eliminated, and Pat backed me up on this, then it would expand to 16-team playoffs. So it would be eight on both sides, and so no team would get a bye. Yes, they if they lose basically any regular season games to COVID, they're going to go to a 16-team playoffs, and they could go to, they said, to winning percentage and not record. So you could lose games late in the season that they do not make up. So you can make the playoffs with only 15 games, and they go by winning percentage. And they're also not reseeding, they said, even if they went to eight. So, like, the Eagles at, like, you know, five and ten and one would still get the number four seed and not the number eight seed. Ooh. So are we ready for our world champion Dolphins to win? I am. In that case. <laughs> I very much am. Can I throw it one more before you leave? This is kind of off, off mm-hmm. the top of the head. And it's somewhat COVID-related, but everything is at this moment where we live in in life. Um, we know that the NFL salary cap this year was around $198 million. There have been references that that could drop down all the way to $175 million next year. But like at the most, probably around $190 million for the 2021 season. So no matter what, we're going to see at least an $8 million drop in the salary cap, and it could be you know, almost $23 million drop. And so I'm looking at the salary cap figures in cap space for some teams already for the 2021 season and the usual suspects, Philadelphia Eagles and New Orleans Saints, if the salary cap is at $190 million are already over by 57 million. (laughs) Like some difficult decisions will need to be made in order for them to Man. play football in 2021. Yeah. And sure, people can say like, well, just get rid of Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey and like one other name. That'll send you save you like $18 million. Like this is where they've been so good and it's made them, I think, so relevant in recent years to work the books in order to fit just everyone underneath the salary cap. It's kicking the can down the road and no one could have expected this, but because no one expected it, And because their math was so good and on point, they could be in very disadvantageous positions heading into the 2021 season and making just incredibly difficult decisions. I don't uh, I don't want to draw the ire of salary cap Twitter because um, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to it. Um, but I will say that the Saints might be in the difficult position of having to release Taysom Hill, their franchise quarterback, <laughs> if, <laughs> if if worse comes to worse. I, I don't I don't understand how these teams continually run the same teams run over salary cap year after year. Well, I, I don't. I, it's it's as it's as mysterious to me as the Fed. It, yeah, I, I don't understand the Fed either. I mean, I don't understand anything about numbers. Period. But 
the strategy kind of works when you can take it as an article of faith that the cap will be going up a little bit every yes. year. And that's been going on, you know, undisturbed now for like decades. Uh, we've had this, uh, I think, a, a kind of a black swan event in uh, the global pandemic. And I believe, I think like at this point, like a best case scenario I've read, it's been a while, but it was like the cap just holding flat and 198 million. And we'll say even that's a disaster for like a lot of these teams. Yeah. That plan on the cap to go up each year. So yeah, we were going to see, it's going to be very sad. We're going to see like the veteran apocalypse and like a lot of still very good players get cut for no other reason than than there was a global pandemic. But then there are some teams on the opposite end of that, and some due to already being so low on the cap, but also some veterans opting out and that money that they paid them for this season obviously gets pushed to the 2021 season. And by the way, I am no expert in this. I am just trying to piece together concepts and, and facts that I've heard from other people that are much smarter than me and put them together and hopefully come out with a, a solid sense of, of, of ideas here, but the Colts have $86 million in cap space next year. If it's 175 million cap and be 101 million, if it's 190, let's stick with that 190 because then the Patriots are right behind them at nine at $80 million. I mean, all I along. know that this has, this has been all along. It, it, it's it kind of, I think started again, galaxy brain here trending, I think in the 2021 season direction with Bill Belichick, as soon as you saw important pieces opt out of the season. He's like, oh, yeah, well, look, we have to suffer through this year. I have to just be my same stern self when it comes to these press conferences. But when we get to 2021, all those outcasts, all those veterans that are leaving from the Saints, the Eagles, the Falcons, maybe even the Steelers, guess what? They're all coming to the New England Patriots, and I get to actually build a roster that I would want without Tom Brady here for the 2021 season. It's the long game here just a season next year, but the long game. And that is extremely interesting to me moving forward. You can get your rebuild going a year earlier than you expect to be. So like teams like the Dolphins who are already ahead of schedule have, are going to have like 30 or 40 million in cap space. They could get, you know, so many veteran bargains. And this is going to be like a real opportunity to get your program like a year ahead of schedule, basically. Uh, if you, Because if you, there's going to be just so many veteran bargains next year. Because there are so many teams around them that – suck every single year. I mean, the Jaguars are up there, the Jets, Washington, the Bengals. Who wants to go play for them even though they have money? And sure, at the end all, we've always found out that whoever offers the most is more likely to get the football player. But when you have the Colts and the Patriots, two teams, and the Colts still are going to contend this year probably no matter what unless they completely fall flat in their faces. But the Colts and the Patriots are, are two good organizations right now, it feels like. And so having more money among those bad teams – to me is going to just line them up for really fascinating off seasons. So but I know that's jumping way out in the future. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. A little bit of a shortened one today because I think my brain has departed my body today. Um, so I appreciate Pat and Denny for allowing me to cut this one a little bit short, but mm-hmm. guess what? We're not done this week. We have another show as something falls in the background of uh, someone <laughs> out there. <laughs> My bad. Children, you have children. <laughs> it's totally fine. I actually don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Just everything is crumbling around you. All right. We will be back on Thursday for our game-by-game preview show. That includes Daigle. That includes Hayden. Pat is back and myself. And then we will be back on Sunday for Roto World Live, noon Eastern, 45 minutes leading up until kickoff, answering your start and sit questions, helping you set your perfect lineups. And then once again, the Monday morning recap show game by game covering every single fantasy relevant player out there. All right. 
Denny Carter, check out his target decoder column. Check out my bus column, Patrick Doherty's rankings. Talk to you all soon. Up the villa. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.